Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. And we're back with Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons Role-Playing Dragons, Part 2. Scott, Bill? How you doing? Lewis? We're How's back it? at it. Yep. Playing dragons. Sounds like fun. It It is fun. I, I wanted to say a few things in the first part, but because I'm a little spoiler, in the Wednesday game that I'm running, there is bound to be a dragon. I didn't hear that. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but when you guys were talking about um, how dragons would act, I, it's funny because even the dragon I have, it, it when everybody sees like a red dragon, they think it's automatically going to attack or do whatever, something first, something destructive. Yep. My dragon is a little cowardly. It's a pacifist dragon. Oh, no, it's not pacifist. It's just, it's, <laughs> been, it's been in battle before and it knows or knows it can get hurt. So it will not fight people head on. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Why Why would it, if if it could avoid it? You know, yeah, maybe well, a younger it, dragon. It is a younger have. dragon. That's that's the whole key to this. And yeah. so it's not, it's right before it becomes adulthood. So it's, it knows it can get hurt. It's been hurt. So he's weary of battle. But he Ooh, will battle a, a dragon tween. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tantrums, door slamming, stomping off uh, the acne. I hate you. That yep. sounds like my household already. <laughs> no wonder he has inspiration. Sorry, Amelia. You get your inspiration from anywhere. Thank, thank you, Amelia. <laughs> well, I mean, we did a lot of how the dragon sees everything else. So this is a perfect segue. How, how does the world see dragons? Because you said you see a red dragon. Oh. We're getting toasted. Yep. Um, it's just going to burn us. It's not going to talk to us. It's not going to do anything. It's it's it, it's mean. It's rotten. It's evil. And we're toast. Not always like that. No, no. But that you're right. That's how the world. Yes. Of course. Well, that's, you can't say that's how the world sees them. That's how it is depicted in the movies and stuff that we're used to seeing. So, but we carry that over into the game. Exactly. But th- you say, how does the world? Depends on the world. Uh, this is true. It, it, it does. It depends on what world you're in. Um, yeah. Are you in a world that has dragons everywhere or they're extremely rare? Are they known to be benevolent? Are they known to be passive? I, you know, it, how is it built in your world? And that's where your stories and the, the lore, uh, roll arcana, and, yeah. and, and give them a backstory on how dragons are perceived in your world. I would think to the average citizen of just about any world, they'd be absolutely terrifying. And they should be. They're huge. Yeah. They're, um, they're scaled over. They have giant teeth and giant claws and wings and fly and magic. And I can see them interacting very freely, many of them, with perhaps higher level magic users of some sort, be they wizards or warlocks or sorcerers, whatever have you. And it not maybe being as terrifying, but still, still pretty frightening. The I think it would be more um, deep seated respect from that population, perhaps. Yes. Yeah, from that very much so because they know they're magical. They have studied them. They have 
maybe have studied that particular dragon. Or they've studied uh, that dragon's teachings. You know, maybe they've true. been a mentor. Maybe they're a patron of sorts. Maybe they work at whatever academy of magic that the wizards work at. Um, perhaps they're in in some sort of humanoid form, but they're known to be a dragon. And they're in that humanoid form, even though it's it's known that they're a dragon, but they're in that humanoid form, so they're not as terrifying. So the dragon fear doesn't play into it, but there's still something about that individual that they're naturally intimidating. Ex- yeah. They, they exude it. Yeah. And, and the way they talk, the way they present themselves. The way they carry themselves, mm-hmm. um, all, all the way down to like a walk. There's that um, that unerring confidence, not cockiness. You know, wherever they go, they go just the way they walk. They, they walk with a purpose. I Yes. And I would imagine that all dragons in human form would look like Christopher Lee <laughs> at various <laughs> stages of his life because... I just feel like if uh, anybody could pull off being a dragon in human form, uh, the great Christopher Lee, of course, could have. I could see Sean Connery as a dragon. Sean Connery as a dragon would be would be awesome. Um, even like, I would model a certain dragon in human form after Burt Reynolds. <laughs> just that, that gold dragon. Yeah, you know, like just kind of <laughs> chewing gum. You know, with a big belt buckle, maybe a little belly hanging over the belt buckle. <laughs> a tree sticking out of his mouth. Which, yeah. Instead, like he's gnawing on a toothpick. I was thinking Matthew McConaughey. All right, Matthew, all right, right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> It'd be better if you did. Or didn't. Yeah, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey as a young dragon yep. would, be, would be awesome. Or even like a, a um, Zach Galifianakis. Oh, yep. There you go. But I would probably go with like a, um, probably a pseudo dragon or something for <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. But for my comedic dragon, it'd be Michael Pena. Michael. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's delve into their everyday life, shall we? Yes. Uh, cultural considerations. What does the dragon eat? And not necessarily in human form. Whatever it wants. Whatever right? it wants. Yeah. yeah. But I would. Do it, I mean, what would be its staple? Because it's a big critter. It, it is, and it's got to eat a lot of things. So it's got to be a, a decent amount of resources. It would. It would have to be. Yeah. There would. Um, I'm farmers. You know who raise livestock may really dislike having a dragon in the area, um, but perhaps. To keep the dragon from devouring everything, maybe they they'll bring a couple hefty bits of livestock every now and again, you know, and and would well, if the township knows there's a dragon in the area, wouldn't it would behoove the town to put the money forward to maintain a herd of large bovine-like creatures? Absolutely, and that's the farmer's job. Um, he he's the dragon farmer. He maintains his herd just so there's always a herd of large things here. Because if it's eating them, it ain't eating us. Yeah, you know, yeah, maybe he's, uh, maybe he's got a couple ranch hands that are dwarves, and they take their ponies into tunnels and 
caused the uh, boule as uh, <laughs> as Tim Cask yes named the boule the, the boule to chase them out of the tunnels and into dragon territory, uh, so the dragons can eat the boule. There you go, Tim. <laughs> that was for you. Yeah. <laughs> I I do see I do see dragons as being foodies. Like I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go hang out with the elves for a while and eat some elven cuisine. I'm gonna. I'm going to polymorph into an elven form and I'm really going to experience um, elven cuisine, like the the whole Andrew Zimmerman thing, God rest <laughs> his soul, um, going out and about in the world and experiencing different, uh, different foods. I can even see that in a dragon form. In the dragon form, That's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm tired it, of eating cow. Yeah, it'd be I'd hard so, to get a table. I, I, well, it would be, but let's go up north. And let's you know, let's see let's those, see what the white dragons are let's eating. Let's see what the white dragons yeah. are eating. Yeah, polar bears. Yeah, they're good. Okay, like yeah, just... big white peaches. <laughs> <laughs> a little fuzzy on the outside, but really yummy yeah. on the inside. Juicy and everything. How about family? I can't. I can't imagine a dragon's family would look like uh, the cleavers of the Brady Bunch. I'm thinking more like the Osborns. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally model a dragon after Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> like older Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I think it would look very, very reptilian. You know, like maybe there'd be like a clutch of eggs that are born and, and uh, some of them would hatch, others wouldn't. Um, maybe maybe some of the hatchlings would, would eat a couple of the weaker ones and then they would, they would go about their business and uh, the dragon would never see them again. Or, yep. you know, the father dragon wouldn't be seen ever again after mating. Um, but I think I think dragons dragons would purposely go out and mate with humanoid species to experience kind of what it was like to be in their family unit and foster some half dragons and maybe that's where we get like draconic sorcerer origins yeah and and that sort of thing i i think they would get so bored living so long that they would they would want to try a bunch of different things and it's like okay i'm gonna go live with the dwarves and see what it's like to be in a dwarf family and then or just be amongst the dwarves just yeah just you you could be just that solitary dwarf that lives in the house at the end of the street and he seems to have been there forever. Still they trying never- to figure out which one's a boy dwarf and which one's a girl <laughs> dwarf because they all have beards. One smells slightly worse than the other. Boy dwarf. Boy dwarf. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it might not necessarily be that they want a family. They just want their family is the community. To, yeah. Maybe to, be among, to, to, to experience everything amongst the community, not necessarily to have a family unit, but. I could see them very easily just settling themselves in and just experiencing every part of the community. Go down to the the poorer section and the richer section and the merchants and the shipwrights and, and just hit every part of it and, and integrate themselves for 20, 30 years in this particular section and just change their look a little bit, change their name, pop into another section and spend another you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, yeah, 100 like years. These humans in, in this particular geographic location are are my family like all of them yes i i see it being kind of the stuff fairy tales are made of too where maybe 
maybe the dragon's out and he looks like a frail elderly man and maybe he's not dressed well and he's kind of mistreated because of his appearance but then someone comes along and and treats him with kindness brings him in gives him a bowl of soup and then the dragon reveals himself to be more than just a um a poor old man but you know someone who's like okay so this is this is what I have for you because of your kindness, because of your decency. And, and then, you know, maybe an adventure launches from that, or maybe, maybe a bag of gold appears for, for these otherwise poor people. And their station is very suddenly elevated Mm -hmm. and they have the favor of this, this, this dragon. And then the dragon comes back a hundred years later and see how they, if there still is uh, gratuitous now that they have a different station. Yeah, and and maybe it's it's something embedded into that family. Like we always, no matter how wealthy or how well we're doing, you always have to be humble and kind to other people because this is the story of our family, and we don't know if he's coming back. Yeah. So if you if you don't want to get eaten, yeah. or everything taken away, or everything, yeah, or even worse, everything yeah. taken away, yeah. <laughs> uh, behave accordingly. Uh, all right, so let's go. What's important to a dragon? What would be what would be important to something that lives an extremely long time and is intelligent? I mean, you could say knowledge. I mean, that's that's right out in the front, and they have their dragon hordes. And uh, but I, I think the variety of life experiences, yes, would probably be the number one on the list that I would. If I'm playing this type of character, that would be the number one: the variety of life experiences. Like they would be collectors of sort. I think it would be inherent for them to be collectors. And maybe in their youth, it's like, I'm going to collect wealth. And then as they get older, they're like, well, it just, it's just shiny. But it does, it does nothing for me. It's boring. So I've never experienced what it's like to dive off a cliff um, into the ocean. So I'm going to do that. I've never experienced what it is like to... Um, dance at a a fancy ball or paint or ne- write poetry. I've never known what it's like to fly without wings. Yeah. So I'm going to study magic so I can get to the level where I can cast that spell so I can fly in a human form and see what it's like to fly without wings. What about companionship? And then there's companionship. And, yeah, and I would, I would see that very much so like... Um, like Highlander, where, and if you haven't watched Highlander, pause this right now, go out, find it on cable or whatever, and watch it because it's an awesome movie. Don't watch two or three. Just watch the first one. Or the series. Or the series. I, You know, I'm sure there's fans out there, but you know what? It was, I'm sorry, but it was rubbish. Um, the first one, the movie, with Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery. And the great Clancy Brown, who was the Kurgan, who was probably one of the best villains ever. Uh, but go watch that. So this guy is immortal, and he lives forever. And the only only way he could be killed is if his head gets cut off. And no one's cut his head off yet. So he's been around for a long period of time, which sounds awesome. But he's he's had all these different relationships throughout his life. And because he lives forever, he watches all these people grow old and die. And that's got to suck. 
So I, I see that kind of happening with a dragon where a dragon may want to establish relationships because it's lonely being a dragon, right? Everybody's shit scared of you. And dragon, dragon culture may not be such that is like, okay, I'm going to settle down with, you know, mama dragon for the next thousand years. And I, I, I see male dragons doing their thing and mom dragons laying eggs and then bouncing and everybody, you know, so there's no like companionship. Right. So they may, they may try different varieties of companionship. Let me go find a friend. We'll be, we'll be pals. We'll hang out. We'll do all these things. And they have this awesome time. And then their friend grows old and dies and they're like, Oh my God, this is awful. And then they may, you know, they may have a dog and I'm going to have a pet. That's companionship. So I'll have a cat or I'll have a, um, I'll have a pet human. This is Carl, (laughs) my pet human. Carl shit scared. He does whatever the dragon (laughs) wants him to do because he doesn't want to get eaten. Right. But then Carl grows old and dies and the dragon's bummed. So I see the dragons almost as like tragic uh, characters in, in the storyline because as they get older, they understand that I'm going to outlive everybody except maybe a couple of my elf buddies. Yeah. But even then I'll probably outlive them. So I'm always going to be in a state of perpetual loneliness. Only now I'll have a broken heart to go, go with it. It's no wonder they end up bitter and mean. Yeah. Like us. Well, I'm not mean, just a little bitter. Bill's the mean one. I'm the mean one. You're very bitter. <laughs> yeah, like a grapefruit. Yeah. Nothing wrong with grapefruit. They're bitter. Well, like a dragon, he's had several relationships, and they've all died. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's a rough day for me. My God. I'm taking a beating. I love you, Scott. It's, it's true, though. Um, so I, 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 I see it being very tragic. Oh, know? and I agree. I agree, but I can see them. But th- that that need for companionship, like Lou said, you know, to to be able to con- just have a simple conversation. Yeah, for those experiences of yep. having a relationship of some sort. Now, the relationship, like you said, might just be at the university. Yeah, I'm just going to go to the university yeah. and teach because here's a bunch of new people, and I don't have to worry about losing anybody because they cycle through. Yeah, I'm always getting a fresh batch. Yeah, I'm getting fresh batches all the time because they move on to do other things. And maybe they'll come back and they'll be older and say, oh, I learned all this stuff. And, boy, you you turned gray. Well, it it has been 100 years. Oh, it has? Oh, okay. Um, How's the family? They're all dead. Thanks for asking. Oh, okay. Well, nice to see you again. And off they go. But I didn't have to watch them die. And uh, here's a fresh batch. And so I can see, you know, universities or schools or Wizards Academies, things like that, being very attractive to a dragon. And um, the dragons being somewhat socially awkward at times, even though they have this air of great confidence. Um, but asking those questions, yeah, how, how's the family? Uh, they're, they're dead, actually. Um, <laughs> everybody's, everybody's dead, and um, my days are numbered because I'm old now. So the only thing that's keeping me alive is a little extra magic. Yeah, not, not having that that kind of uh, social skill to to navigate those situations because they're still kind of fresh. Yeah. Um, and dragons, I, I imagine, like all other long-lived uh, creatures, would not really be punctual. They'd have no sense of urgency. No, because, I mean... It'd be, Time, time is nearly infinite for them. Yep. Habitually tardy. 
or they show up early because they're afraid of being tardy. Yes. So I was going to say So that. they show up two days early. Yep. You know, for knowing, a one-hour meeting. Yeah, knowing that their human friend is, may not live tomorrow, they will always, I think they would be on time for most to, to meet them and everything. That, that's yeah. A, yeah, that's, that's a good a, point. Yep. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be late because this, this human could die any minute. Yeah. And uh, then what do I do? I mourn and I go find another friend. Yeah, flush them down the toilet. Or, yeah. or, 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 or put them in a cardboard box that's shaped like a, a, a coffin and bury yeah. them in the sand yeah. dune out back. Yeah, bury, bury them in the garden. Like a, um, oh my God, I can't think of the name of it now. <laughs> oh, Strahd revamped the cardboard box. Yes. <laughs> that's why I was mentioning it. <laughs> and you could get that in our giveaway of Epic Proportions. In celebration of one year of podcasting, we are holding a giveaway of Epic Proportions. Everything you need to get started running games. Four dice trays, 12 complete sets of dice, four Crown Royal bags, the D&D Essentials Kit, the D&D Starter Kit, Horde of the Dragon Queen D&D Adventure, the Young Adventurers Collection, Nerdarchies, Out of the Box Encounters, Brass and Steel Steampunk Tabletop RPG, OSR Greats, The Rad Hack, Into the Odd, and White Box Fantastic Medieval Adventure Game. But that's not all. The Curse of Strahd Revamped is included as well. This complete list goes to one lucky winner in the U.S. We realize we may have asked a lot of you initially, so here's the new and improved way to enter the epic giveaway. Simply go to thedungeonmastersdojo.com, our home on the web, and send us a message you will automatically be entered into the giveaway for a chance to win. After we receive 500 messages, we will draw one lucky winner. We'll see you next time in the dojo. So we talked about dragons having a long lifespan. Yep. So how long How long do dragons live? Wow. Um, that's a good one. Uh, and again, I think that might be very indicative of the world you're in. I was about to say the same thing. The world, yeah. um, the world should probably dictate that because I don't, I don't recall seeing an age chart in this book. I don't either. My my dragons have always been very very long lived. Like they they outlive um, even the oldest elves. And back yes. in AD and D, I think the oldest living elves were the or the elves with the longest lives. I should say were the the gray elves. Mm-hmm. And they lived like 1,200 years or something like that. But dragons. I see millennia. Well, while they don't give an age chart, when you look at the, you know, dragon ages in here, they do say they could live like the ancient dragon 800 to 1,000 years. Great worms go above that. Right. After that, it's it's lich time. Yeah. Lich time. So, yeah. So you're looking at a millennia or two. Depending on the world, like you said. That's, right. That's. But yeah. I, I, the most important I thing. think that would be, yes, I, I think it'd be very indicative of the, the world you're in. And even the world then is how often are they hunted? True. Yep. And, and how rare are they? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we eventually, like all the, when we first started doing this podcast, everything always turned to re- reproduction on all the monsters. Yes. <laughs> and we'll be going into that momentarily. But, you know, how they reproduce, um, is it, you know, cyclic, is it, uh, it is through mating, is it through spontaneous regeneration? There's a lot of different ways to go about this. And I said, we'll go over this. But that depends on your world. 
and because of the way they reproduce might be uh, how you determine the rarity of dragons. Some worlds may have a lot of dragons in them. Um, our homebrew world, all the gods are dragons, and a lot of their underlings are dragons. And we do have, you know, dragon, uh, dragonkin races as well. So they're very prevalent in our world. Some worlds may be not. I don't see dragons being very prevalent in Eberron. No, I, I, and I don't see dragons being prevalent anywhere because I would, I would imagine they'd run out of things to eat, and they'd have to start eating yeah. each other. True. Um, or taking very long naps. Yes. Uh, much like, you know, a, a snake or something. It's like, okay, I just I just ate a massive meal. I'm going to go kind of like chill out for a while, yeah. and I'll eat sometime next year. In 10, 15 or so. I'm yeah. just going to take a nap. And perhaps that's the key to a long dragon life is uh, that stage of hibernation. They sleep for long periods of time. And, or maybe it's not, I guess. And again, it goes back to what your world looks like that you're gaming in. True. I mean, are they, is uh, the inherent high level of magic that surrounds dragons? Is that one of the reasons they live so long? Is there such a concentration of magic? They they could reach out to other planes of existence when they become older and they said ancient and venerable ages. They're in contact with their in other planes with their alternate selves. Is that contact part of the thing that helps keep them stay alive because they're sharing the life of other dragons? Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, that there's that that thread mm-hmm. that connects them with multiple other lives that are are reflections of themselves in in other worlds. Echoes, as they call them in the Echoes. book. Echoes. So re- reproduction. All right, the fun part. They do not so fun. No, not for, really <laughs> for this book. Um, my dragons always reproduce the old-fashioned way, and of course, I'm talking about bumping uglies. <laughs> and there's a lot of ugly, yeah. and there's a lot of bumping. Yeah, there's uh, dragons, man. Yeah, good old-fashioned heels to Jesus, right? Um, <laughs> Happy feet. Yeah, but this book comes up with some pretty, pretty creative ways, and I mean, granted, there's only four of them, but. My favorite one. There's ten. There's, there's ten. Yeah, look at the next page. Oh yeah, yeah. ten. Yeah. My favorite one is the seedlings of the first world. There's a tree that produces dragon eggs, like fruit. So um, it gives a whole new meaning to dragon fruit. But I kind of like that. That is a cool one. Like the dragon eggs are born directly from the life force of the world. And maybe there's only a finite amount of them. Maybe there's maybe there's only a few dragons in the world because there's something that really enjoys eating the fruit of that tree. Yep. And it could be it could be something as simple as a type of insect or a squirrel like creature. But that is the reason why the population of dragons isn't overwhelming in the world. Because even though the tree fruits quite a bit, um, only a few of these fruits will drop from the tree once ripened. And whatever creature it is that enjoys the, the, the fruit of the tree only enjoys it when it's on, on the branch. But once it falls and it's fully ripened, they don't find the taste palatable. And that's when the two or three dragon eggs end up hatching. And then, of course, it's a race to 
adulthood to being too big for something to eat. But that one, I I really, really like. And the good old-fashioned can lay a clutch of eggs. I think uh, when we did our first long getaway, uh, I kind of like blended two of these together. Yep. Where we did the spontaneous reincarnation uh, along with uh, the uh, rejuvenation. Where one went, one dragon died and another one rose from from the ashes of the first, almost Phoenix-like. Or Doctor Who-like. Or Doctor Who-like. Yes. There's a lot of different ways to go about this. And I, and I do like some. I mean, they have a divine origin, which is, not, well, of course, only Bahamut and Tiamat can yeah. use that one. But you have the dra- draconic transformation or enlightened non-dragons, most awfully humanoids, are transformed into dragon eggs when they die, uh, when they experience profound enlightenment or when they undergo a ritual that might e- involve bathing in dragon's blood or being devoured by a dragon. So, I mean, there's a, they, they've gone into some really interesting Ways here. I mean, you could it's they could they could still a different look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, they could still just lay a clutch of eggs. Yeah. Um, when you go into your 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 uh, gem dragons, there could just when there could be just this clutch of them underground uh, along a vein of that with that particular gem, and when one dies, another one suddenly starts to ripen. I I personally like number nine, the dragon conclave. Five adult or older dragons of different kinds come together to create a clutch of eggs. I, I think that's pretty cool. It, you won't have an abundance of dragons that way. Well, that and each one gives up a little bit of themselves yeah. to put the clutch together. Yeah, right. And and you don't know which egg, what type of egg dragons you're going to be having. Yep. And you're right. It, it kind of helps curb an overpopulation. Yep. And it makes for an interesting episode of uh, Jerry Springer, too. Like. Uh, <laughs> And the de- that's all he does now is who's, DNA test. Now. I am not the daddy. Who's the daddy? I Dragon daddy. daddy. I think uh, I think these are, this is a fodder for some good ideas. It is. It's a very good beginning. Homebrew um, something that is similar or a blend of these, which is really really neat. Uh, a different take on on dragon reproduction. Reproduction in general. Uh, it takes a lot of the. The biology out of it, which makes well, that, the dragons even more of a a kind of universal being than a simple animal. It also helps simplify things, especially if you have brand new players, especially if they're young players. Yes. And the parents and or uh, people who are teaching don't want to necessarily go into the biology. The biology and birds and bees of dragons. You could very circumnavigate that very easily with several of these. Yes, and, and it won't necessitate David Attleborough coming in and <laughs> uh, narrating the biological process of reproduction amongst dragons. Thank goodness. Yes. Now, let's talk about, since we're on the reproduction thing, sometimes we get half dragons. And how do you go about that without necessarily, as you termed it earlier, bumping uglies? Yeah, um, I still think you could get away with a little ugly bumping. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I I always I always kind of saw it as if you've read any of the Greek mythology, you know, Zeus was, and it's amazing Zeus never got divorced, and um, <laughs> or taken or taken to court for like child support <laughs> because Zeus was always like chilling out with like mortal women. And I think there was even like a cow or something involved, but we're not going to get into that. Our explicit rating doesn't cover that yeah, sort of stuff. But 
uh, he, yeah, he would kind of walk among uh, humankind, mortal humans, and just be like indiscriminately like making babies. And then bouncing. And just going home a gigolo. And, yeah. And everywhere he goes. Being like, <laughs> you know. And uh, his wife was always pissed off at him. Understandably so. Yeah. Because uh, he couldn't keep it in his pants. I kind of see uh, dragons doing that. And that's where we get like the half dragons. It's like, I'm going to just, I want to walk around. Uh, I really like this person, you know. And since I'm in this kind of mortalish body um you know there's a whole bunch of stuff happening that i'm just gonna go with because i'm collecting experiences right and that's this is my excuse yep. <laughs> that i'm going with that's it. and that's precisely what it is but if you're not going to go that if route, you're not going to go that route they have a table of six well get somebody finally showed back up to work yep <laughs> um yeah it's been a day but they but they work um, number one, regional effects. The magical influence of a dragon lair causes half-dragons to spontaneously arise amongst the area's other creatures. It doesn't even say whether or not it, they're, they're humanoid. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, so you get, you get that like, well, uh, my character, the half-dragon, was raised by a cow because that's what my mom was. Or I was raised by wolves or whatever have you or forbidden fruit. Forbidden fruit, which is similar to where we started with uh, your your tree. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of mythology kind of stuff here. This one very really much like, so. Yeah. This one's very mythological. You know, when eaten by a creature able to bear children, the fruit causes the creature to bear a half dragon. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That is, I like that. Then true love's gift. Love occasionally blossoms between dragons and creatures of other kinds, and this life bond can result in half dragon children. Most half-dragons born of love are created as a magical gift. That's sweet. Oh, that's just nice. And then, and then we see, we go, we go from that <laughs> to, which is all sunshine and rainbows uh, and, 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 and happy ever after to yeah. ba- now we're bathing in blood <laughs> or they're drinking the blood of the dragon. Um, this unhealthy individual, uh, after drinking the blood of the dragon or bathing in the blood of the dragon, like, uh, Madame Bathlery, uh, is transformed into a half dragon. But it does give the option that the dragon may willingly offer some of its blood to bring this about. Yes. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to eviscerate the dragon and you know, go for a couple laps in its innards. Yeah, or... Or maybe you're, you know, you've spent your life uh, hunting and killing dragons and finally, you know, it's like, all right, now I've killed one and I hit a big artery and I just got splashed with a ton of dragon blood. And now I turn into a half dragon and my 10 buddies that are with me are like, oh shit, we got one more to kill. So that could be complicated. Or there's cradle favor. And this is like, this is very folktale, fairy, fairy yeah, This is stuff. like Brothers Grimmish. Yeah, it is. And uh, it that. That's pretty cool. And I, I like how they put some of this stuff in here after um, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight because that was very folklore, fairy tale themed. Yes. And, yeah. uh, it adds a little fantasy, a little fantastical stuff to back to the game, which I think was kind of missing. Um, but a dragon might bestow a gift of draconic power on a newborn baby or an unborn child is either a blessing or a curse. Um I would almost always see it as a blessing or a curse. Could be a curse, but I would use it as a blessing. I would use it as a curse. I think a curse. Why a curse? 
more dramatic. You're expecting this beautiful little child, boy or girl, and and maybe it actually started coming out that way, but after a couple of weeks, there's a, a rash in the back of its neck or at the, or at the base of its spine, and it seems to get worse, and now it's getting a little scaly, and his eyes seem to be turning a, an off color. Clip his nails as much as you want, come back next day, and they're, they, they're, they're growing really, really sharp and long, and a transformation's happening ever so slowly, and it starts picking up at speed, and you know, next thing you know, it's... It's growing much, much too quick for, you know, it should only be a month old. It looks like a six-year-old. And, and all of a sudden there's like dead chickens and a goat out in the, it's been shredded to pieces out in the barn. And that, Even to go a little further, not even, I won't say further, but to take you what you just said, the child maybe manifests one of these uh, things that you just said. Mm-hmm. But now the people think there's a demon involved. The yeah. town and the village will think there's a demon involved. So it's a curse. It may be a gift to the child, but not immediately. He's going to be, because nobody's going to say. He's going to be ostracized. Yeah. Especially if they think it's demons involved. Especially if this was a, you know, a married woman or something, and now yeah. she's giving birth to some creature. Creature, or yeah. Or an unmarried woman. Oh, or not, even, even worse. Yeah, you even know, worse. Now it's like, oh, boy, yeah, here's some stuff that happened. She's a witch. I knew she was a, yeah, she yeah. gets burned at the stake. I can see this happening like uh, like the X-Men, you know, when puberty hits. Yep. And, uh, you know, they start developing little horns or some scales or whatever have you. Um, I think it would make an awesome companion to a tiefling. They would they would have some some similar similar grounds, you know. It's like, right. oh, yeah, they burned my mom at the stake. Yeah, well, you know what, they sacrificed mine. Yeah, all I see is Nightcrawler, not you said. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that I makes see for both great think, story they, they both think they're tieflings. Yeah. They, start, they both think they're tieflings. And then all of a sudden, one of them just... One of them's like, you ain't no tiefling. Yeah. You're like a lizard person or yeah. some shit like that, but you're not a, one of I'm us. I'm a tiefling too, but I don't have a tail. Yeah. <laughs> and then is the last one, the, the, the horde thieves. Uh, a horde of an older dragon is imbued with the, that dragon's power. Those who steal from such a horde might transform into a half dragon as the power leeches into them. And then you could always create your own as well. Yeah, uh, I think you should. Absolutely. Feel free feel free to do that. Because the guy who's making a really cool D twenty charts apparently was a temp. Yeah. And that <laughs> and that's bring him back. Yeah, we like him. Or her or whoever it was. So there's your half dragons. Overall, what do you think? Uh I like it. I like I like the new take on on reproduction. I like the fairy tale slant on things. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that even the half dragons are somehow magical, and they're more than just like flesh and blood creatures that look like dragons and have some dragon lineage. They're they're just as magical right. as as dragons, and their origins are just as fantastic as as that of a dragon. And I would. I haven't played a uh, a half dragon since Council of Worms. I was thinking that too, and which was a great supplement, and it makes playing a half dragon character very appealing again, very very appealing, because there's so much role play potential in it. Well, there's a ton of, and you could you could have an entire party of the same exact color dragon and or half dragon, and be so very very much dissimilar. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So and and I like that as well. Yes. 
And that's our look at Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons, Role-Playing a Dragon, Part 2. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at thedungeonmastersdojo at gmail.com. Thank you, and have a good day.